Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Regold Dance Life Podcast. Today's episode features Re in a Facebook Live for IDEA members. Enjoy! Hello, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. I'm coming to you live from the Retreat Center. All right, so I don't always talk about this because I know that everybody doesn't do it. But what could you do new this year with your competition program? Uh, How was the season? Was it overwhelming? Was it easy? Uh, Did you feel like you had too many pieces of choreography, too many numbers? Did you feel like you wanted more? Analyze what the season was like and what felt really good about it and what didn't feel so good about it and how you can change that. Um, In my head, these are the things that I'm thinking about when I bring this topic up. Do I want more dancers in this program? Uh, Will it be a better program with less dancers? How do I make the program more profitable? Am I charging enough for the program? Here's a thought. Just, Just take this for what it is. If I continue to add more and more kids who do a solo, And let's say that solo cost uh, $350, we'll say, to do that solo, however many lessons. If I do a group of 10 and I charge $200 per dancer in the group of 10, give it the same amount of time that I gave to the solo dancers, choreography-wise, rehearsal-wise, there's a difference there of $1,650 by making that choice. So I always look at the solo thing and dance competition as that's the area of my school where I'm going to do the least. I'm not going to give kids solos until they're older. Maybe it's, maybe, now I know this doesn't go for everybody. I get it. I totally get it. And you can't take away something that's already started. But you cannot give them as time goes on and start to make change if you'd like to do that. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like either I'm going to get more time here this to run my business or be on top of my business or go see my family on Thursday nights than to have 40 solos in the studio and that taking up all this time and all this energy. So consider uh, that part. Are you working and making it the most profitable that it can be? Also, here's another thing that I think about when I think about profitable. Costuming, entry fees, uniforms, and there's probably 10 other things that I'm not thinking about. Most of us individually bill parents or 
most of us bill parents for these items individually. So we're constantly asking the parents for uh, entry fees, uh, travel for the bus to get us to this dance competition. Why don't we sit down, figure out a whole season, and the number is going to be big. You have to face reality. The number will be big. Figure out the expenses for a whole season for a child to participate in dance competition. And you might have different levels here. And if that figure comes to $4,000 for the year, $3,500 for the year, then you know what? Over, I'm going to call it 10 months. You might make it a nine, you might make it eight, but 10 is easy for me to think of what the final number would be. Then it's $350 a month. Wouldn't it be so much cooler if the parents could just pay the one flat fee? And we'll add to that that it could be automatic withdrawal. So now you're really never talking money with the kids. All you're talking about is how much you love to teach their child. It's never about the money. So when you are thinking about the financial side of dance competition, consider that as an option. So I want to mention another thing about this. And I keep pointing my my fingers. Um, could we get more kids involved? Could I create a hip hop crew? Hear this. What used to be one hip hop class a week, group of kids who are enthusiastic, they want to dance. Could I turn that into two or three hours a week by calling it a hip hop crew and it's for kids who want to be in this special program they learn one or two pieces of choreography. They, they take a couple classes a week or one class a week and one rehearsal and could be on the same day. The whole, whole shebang could be on the same day. And now what they get to do is participate in one competition, probably pre-competitive or novice level. And they get to do some of these community performances that we're doing. And they get to be in the show at the end of the year and whatever else comes up for them. And now you've turned, uh, not only given them more to do and be part of the community of your school, but you've turned that one hour student into a student whose tuition will now be whatever the rate is for two or three hours. And it's perfect for the kid who can't make the commitment to be on a competitive team because of the number of days or whatever that are required to be there or the financial commitment. This is a way to get more kids involved and uh, more of your recreational kids who will become stronger because of this experience. You could also do like a, a performing arts team and it's, it's kind of the same, uh, concept, I guess, of the hip hop crew. It's, it's, they do one competition a year. They come in for two to three classes a week. They learn some choreography. They do the community performances, but 
it's really uh, not a, a full-out competitive team. Again, it's for those kids who may not be able to commit or afford or want to make the time, but they do want to dance in our school. They do want to feel like a part of our community. They want that teacher's attention. So in my head, if I can expand it a little by involving more kids, getting them to take more classes, that's better for me than struggling to bring in new faces all the time. So give them something more. Always let there be something more that they can attain. Uh, and that's what I have to say on the competition thing. Uh, anybody have any questions on that? I thought I wasn't going to have enough to talk about, but uh, it turns out I have a lot. And it's been a while. So I have, uh, I want to talk about marketing. You might say, oh, it's early. I say, no, 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 it's not. I'd be thinking about marketing right now for the fall, but I might not do it as, hey, here's my registration dates for next year or anything like that. I might start putting up graphics of the season and say what joy dance brings to the kids and what a what an awesome season it was and how much fun it was and put up posts that say that you're gearing up for the next season. Put up posts that that are uh, inspiring and what dance can benefit. Uh, or how dance can benefit a child. Um, always connect them to your URL and your website, but don't think, okay, I'm just gonna now start marketing and blasting out two weeks before my registration. Think about everything that you post and, and uh, how it can improve or help your business. Um, this is what I say, the, and you've heard me say it, but again, it's worth mentioning again. The parents are on Facebook, the kids are on Instagram. I would have told you a year ago to focus more on uh, Facebook because that's more of the demographic. Really, it's the parent of the four to 12 year old kid if you would zero in on, on who it is that you're going for. But the Facebook, uh, uh, works to the parents. But Instagram now, I'm, I'm like, okay, it's a cooler, hipper, different group of people, but I'm not going to ignore them. I'm not going to ignore the teens, the teens who are, are friends with my students. I'm going to post a lot of graphics that incorporate my students and tag them and and share them uh, cooler, hip hop -y, contemporary, inspirational. Uh, don't be afraid of Instagram and think about who you're going for. And again, you can have registration days. You can, uh, or advertise registration days on Instagram. Um, another thing you can do over the summer is, Market the new things that'll be going on next year, uh, new programs, uh, new faculty, 
And even if you don't have new faculty, do some spotlights on your current faculty, uh, renovations you might be doing on the studio, those kind of things. So you're, you're staying in touch with your clientele and you're also reaching out to new clientele. So I want to say this real fast. And I believe that you can do the same thing on Instagram, but I'm not positive. You have to check it out. Maybe someone here knows. W dig down into the demographics on Facebook. Save money by pinpointing parents or moms. You'll be able to do that with children, uh, kids in preschool, and then stay within your community and, and do like a 25 mile radius in those demographics so that you're getting the biggest bang for your buck. Sometimes I see, and I've seen it with IDEA members, an ad here in, on my Facebook page from a studio in South Carolina. And I think to myself, okay, they're just going on and running this ad. Uh, could be productive, but reality is be wise, spend wisely, pull in the demographic, reach out for uh, the clientele that will be most interested in dance lessons. And reach out differently. There's some people who are into the good old tap jazz and ballet mode, and there are other people who are into the so you think you can dance mode or the hip hop mode or the contemporary mode. Keep those mindsets in your thinking as you're making posts, especially when it comes to Instagram. And if you're not so sure how to do that or you don't trust the coolness that you might have or, or that whatever, uh, consider having one of your students help you out with it or actually help you to create posts. They'll know what's cool. Though I look around, go on Instagram, look around, see what other people are posting, what they're doing. You'll, you'll get an idea. And uh, okay, so I have one more thing. Uh, send email blasts during the summer to your own students, almost with the same information. Maybe you're renovating a teacher spotlight, new program that you're having next year. Um, Stay in touch with your clientele during the summer. If, if any of them have any uh, successes and you know about them, give a little, have you heard that Susie was the star of her camp and she accomplished this, or this one was in a play during the summer. Stay in touch, build a community. Okay, that was my marketing. And I now have a question, and Lisa is here, and I want to talk about this. So Lisa asks, how do you keep in touch with your staff when you have 14 of them? Uh, when you call a, a staff meeting, somebody's always missing, uh, and she asks, you know, if I call it mandatory and it's one of those teachers, sisters, shower, then I have to let them go. So that's, that's, that's frustrating. And I understand the frustration. 
But this is, I, I think this is how I look at that. If I can get 12 of them together, I think in my head I was doing really good. Um, with a crew of 14, this bound to be one of those personal family things that are going on. So I wouldn't like, she asked if I should just have a second meeting and repeat the same information. I, I probably wouldn't uh, hold the meeting again and repeat the same information, but I certainly would keep notes of what we discussed in that meeting. And I take, now here's where I take this 14 people a little further. I create a Facebook group that's only us. Now, this doesn't just have to do with meetings. This has to do with uh, keeping in contact about everything, whether it's a day that you're going to close because it's snowy or something that's going on in the studio that everybody needs to know about and faculty especially. Um, create a Facebook page, and it's this group of faculty members, uh, and uh, this is where you communicate. So after that meeting, you've written down everything that went on in the meeting, and those two people or that one person or maybe three that couldn't be at the meeting will have that information. Now, I might follow that up with emailing it to them as well. I might follow that up with, by now you've probably read the information that I sent you. Do you have any questions? Or maybe there's something in that information that you want to reiterate or, or elaborate on. That's your responsibility. But I do believe that Facebook page will open up more communication. And know this, it's crazy, you may not want to do this, but you can go on there every Monday and do what I'm doing and, and talk to them live about what's going on that week and keeping in touch with them. Also, uh, this you can text message everybody in a group. There's a lot of ways to communicate. You can do a Skype meeting, but I'm sure that our members would agree, Lisa, if you're getting the 12, out of the 13 or the 10 out of the 13, you're doing awesome. You're doing awesome. Don't be frustrated by that. Don't give up on that. Keep doing it. Okay, that was my answer to that question. So I'm gonna close with this because this means something to me and, and is reflecting on all of my seminars and my thought process. One day I was on Facebook or maybe it was Instagram or it was just the computer. And somebody said, you can do anything, not everything. And that day I was going from a UDMA meeting to an idea meeting to a magazine meeting to having to sit down to create a a schedule for the summer at the retreat center or conference schedule and all of these things that I wake up every day and have on my list and my agenda to do. And the quote, you can do anything, not everything, hit me like a ton of bricks. As some of you know, I made the decision to let go of the magazine. 
And that was a, such a hard, hard, hard decision. But I can't do everything. And once I let go and made my decision, easier to work on the retreat center, easy to work on the conference. Um, I'm still working on the magazine, but knowing that it's not going to be a part of my responsibility down the road has lifted something from me. So this is what I want to say about this. As, as I started with Project Motivate and uh, the response to it grew and Project Motivate turned into a conference and I wrote a book and I made handbooks and I opened the retreat center and I was the president of unity and all of this stuff was going on. It all seemed like the natural progression. It was like, if I don't do this now, that door never will be open again. So I was going at it and saying, okay, I gotta be able to do this. I gotta be able to do this. You know what? I've come to the realization that I can't do everything. It may seem like it's the natural order of things, but you have to pick and choose. You, you, you have to pick and choose the things that fulfill you the most and the things that financially will hold you stable the most and focus on those things. I know this is coming from a man who does 25 different things and we just spent almost an hour talking about how we can grow our businesses. But use the information wisely. Figure out what's best for you and your circumstances and build those things. Don't build 10 different things to a medium point. Build two things, three things, if you want, four things to a uh, successful point, a point where you can handle it, a point where you get to stop for a minute, a point where your whole life isn't about making decisions. I wouldn't, I'll express this real fast. I used to say in the last year, or last couple of years, I'm saying to myself, wow, I used to be so much better using my instinct and making decisions. And why did I said that to myself? Because a couple of times I'd obviously made the wrong decisions, especially as it was business related. Then one day I'm thinking to myself, it isn't, it isn't that I'm not as good at making decisions. It's how many decisions I have to make. The more you have to make the more you will make either the wrong decision or not a well thought out decision. So I'm trying to make it so I have less decision making to make. That's where my head is at. Uh, and uh, Retreat Center, come visit us this summer, eight seminars, check it out. Thank you, bye, I appreciate all of you. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com.
or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 